Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. kind of goes along with what we're talking about this morning. As a church, as we look at the Great Commission one more time, and uh, so far we've been going through the Great Commission for the past couple weeks, and we've talked about um, gathering as a church family, as a body of believers, gathering people into the family of God. We've talked about growing as we make disciples and we become better disciples ourselves. Uh, We've talked about how Making disciples is that overarching command of the Great Commission, and that is supported by and fulfilled by the acts of going and baptizing and teaching. And so this morning, we're going to focus on the go portion of the Great Commission. And that's really what it is. We gather them in, we grow them up, and we send them back out. That's the way the Great Commission is supposed to work. So we can baptize people. I love doing that. We can teach people to obey Christ faithfully, we can make disciples, but we can't do any of that if we never go, if we never share the gospel, if we never win people to the Lord. So, it goes back to that one verse in the Bible, I love it, it says, How then can they call on the one whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them. And guess what? It's not just the preacher's job to do all the preaching. Let's look again at the Great Commission this morning. Hopefully you've about got this one committed to heart. Jesus says in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18-20, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the earth. And likewise, part of our uh, purpose statement as a church says this, just a reminder that the purpose of First Baptist Church is to be a fellowship of believers that seeks to worship God acceptably with reverence and awe Today, we're focusing on win the lost to Christ, lead Christians toward maturity and discipleship, minister with Christian love to the human needs in our community, and again, today, and support missions here and abroad. This morning, we focus on those two things, winning the lost to Christ and supporting missions here and abroad. A lot of ways we can do that. We said two weeks ago, do you remember these numbers? We said two weeks ago, there are approximately 7.84 billion people in the world today on planet earth and out of that about 3.28 billion of those are considered totally unreached that means 41% of people in our world have not been reached with the gospel folks that's a lot a lot a lot a lot of people now we tend to think of the mission field being across the seas in some far away distant place Some third world country. And and listen, there's a lot of truth in that. And those people need the gospel just as bad as the man down the road needs the gospel. 
But how many people love Eastern Kentucky? I really do. I love living here and, and growing up here and being part of Eastern Kentucky. Now, we think about Knox County as being a, a, just a very religious, very, I mean, we got churches all over the place, right? So everybody's in church this morning in Knox County, correct? No. Knox County is considered 53.5% religious, and out of that, mostly are Baptists. Now, that's not really that bad, statistically speaking. The United States as a whole has an average of 49.4% religiosity. That means about half of people in our nation consider themselves religious. Now, what about eastern Kentucky in general? You think that the mountain region is a pretty religious place, right? We're a lot of Christians. Leslie County, where we came from, is 30.4% religious. Letcher County, a little bit farther over, over 25.3% religious. Knott County, 21.6%. Breathitt County, 14.4%. Elliott County, 5.4% religious. That is our own backyard. If we're going to be obedient to the Great Commission, folks, we cannot look people in our own backyard. I believe that not only do we have to disciple the nations, but we have to disciple our neighbors. So it's a daunting task to reach the multitudes. It's a daunting task to reach Knox County, to reach eastern Kentucky, to reach the nations, and to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. But we have a lot of help in this. And that's the first point this morning, is that when we go, we go in the authority of a risen Savior, just like we sang about this morning. The Great Commission is a sandwich between uh, two great reminders or two promises. One, Jesus begins by telling his disciples, what? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so, of course, Jesus always had the Father's authority. He had the authority to forgive sins. He had the authority to cast out demons. He had the authority over the natural elements. But now, as one commentator puts it, he says, the spheres in which Christ now exercises absolute authority are enlarged to include all of heaven and all of earth. And so this authority is given to Christ the Son by God the Father, and the Son now becomes the one through whom the Father's authority is mediated everywhere. And you think about how this worked. Jesus came into our world. The Bible says he humbled himself, and he took on the form of a man. He became obedient to death, as Paul says, even death on the cross. And then the Father raised him from the dead. And as Paul says in Philippians 2, he then exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. And it's in this authority, in the absolute authority of God the Father, that a resurrection authority and power that Jesus commissions and tells His disciples to go. John MacArthur said, the resurrection is the ground of our assurance, that it is the basis for all future hopes, and it is the source of power in our daily lives, here and now, that it gives us courage in the midst of persecution, comfort in the midst of trials and hope in the midst of this world's darkness. And so going in the authority of a risen Savior means that one, our Savior is always with us as He promises. That's the other slice of bread on this sandwich in the Great Commission. But when Jesus concludes, what does He say? He says, remember, or some translations say, lo, 
I am with you always. How often is that? Always. Even to the end of the age. It's how he concludes the Great Commission, not with another command, but in my opinion, with the promise of the ages that wherever we go, wherever we find ourselves in life, that the risen Savior, that Christ Himself will be with us, that His presence will go with us and before us in all periods of history at all times. We don't have to go about this Great Commission alone or by ourselves. Wherever the Lord sends us, He's already there. But not only does Christ's presence bring us comfort, I think it's also a reminder, Jesus is always watching. And so we want to be obedient to his commands to disciple and reach the nations. Second thing we want to remember this morning about going is that we are certainly commanded to go wherever you are. Just like we talked about these children needing workers, needing people to teach them and disciple them. It takes somebody to fill that role to uh, disciple these children. It's important for us to remember that we're not only, that we are only stewards of the gospel message. And what I mean by that is that the gospel came to you on its way to somebody else. Unfortunately, you happened to be in the way and a recipient of it. It began 2,000 years ago in that little part of the world. And since that time, folks, think about how far the gospel has come. It has crossed so many nations. It has come across so many lips. It has crossed over empires. It has survived plagues and famine and war and persecution when and nations and governments have tried their best to stamp it out and they couldn't. It has crossed oceans and mountains and wilderness. And one day it came to this man when I was seven years old, way up Swan Pond Holler out of the mouth of a Baptist preacher. And it changed my life forever. And since that day, it's been my privilege and my duty and my honor to make sure that I get the gospel to the next person. The go participle of the Great Commission, it's pretty interesting in that it has to be interpreted two different ways. In one sense, in the Greek, it could be understood that as you are going, make disciples. Wherever you are, wherever you go, whomever you're around, whatever situation you may find yourself in, make, God, make disciples and share the gospel. Seek out the lost and point them to Jesus. Now, I love Acts 1.8. I believe that Acts 1.8 gives us the strategy that Jesus wants us to use as we go. And he says, start in Jerusalem. Now, why would he say that? Because that's where they were. Start where you are. God wants to use us. He wants to use you in your own Jerusalem. God wants to use you in your family. He wants to use you in your close friends. He wants to use you with those people that you interact with the most right here in our own community. If I ask, I guarantee that just about everyone here has someone in that circle of people that needs Jesus this morning. Guess what missionary God has sent to that mission field? Could be you. God wants to use you right where you are to reach yours in our Jerusalem. You see, I think we tend to think about missions meaning that we have to cross the sea. And, that, and again, that's so true in so many cases. And I encourage you to do that if you ever get the opportunity. But we cannot ever forget or neglect the greatest mission field in our lives. And it's not going to be the one that you cross the, the sea to go to. It's when you wake up out of the bed in the morning and you go about your daily routine, and all those people that you interact with that I won't have the chance to talk to, but you do. That's the greatest mission field 
that we have available to us. So we have to seize those opportunities. I think about my friend I met last week named Quincy, my new friend. I always pray for God to give me the opportunity to minister to people. And he actually showed up at our door back here, just out of the blue. I didn't actually have to go anywhere except out of my office. That was kind of nice. But Quincy needed a ride back to Corbin. And Quincy was hungry. He was thirsty. And it would have been easy for me, as busy as I was that afternoon, other people trying to talk to me and say, you know what, Quincy, here's a phone. Call yourself a ride. Here's a little food and some water. God bless you, man, praying for you. But what if we took a little more time and a little more intentionality? when God? Because I think those moments like that are God-given opportunities. And so I put a little food together, and I'm not telling you this to brag on me. I'm just telling you something that worked. And I got him a good study Bible for the road. And Quincy had a background from his childhood in church. He kind of knew where he went wrong in life, and, and he knew he needed to get back. And so instead of having a minute with him, giving him a ride to Corbin gave me you know 20 minutes with Quincy. Don't know if I'll ever see him again, but I, I pray and I hope that maybe that 20 minutes has impacted his life, at least on some level. And we can, I think if we pray for those kinds of opportunities, guess what God does? He gives them to us. The Quincy's, the Joe's will show up at your door. But that's not the only way that we got to be going. The other way that it can be interpreted is that we must also go to the ends of the earth. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is what the Lord said. I'm not sure where the ends of the earth really are. I'm pretty sure that I've been close a few times. But I don't know where they are. But there was one couple I tried to minister to. A man and a woman. And uh, tried for a couple of years to really minister to them. And she was fairly certain the earth had some edges. That it was flat as a pancake. And that was some really tough ministry. Trying to break through some of that. But it was also very rewarding. But go not only means go where you are, but it means also as you're going, but it also, again, means you got to get up and go. Exactly the way the Bible says that we actively go in a special and intentional way. As Jesus says in the Great Commission, what? To all nations. As he said in Acts 1-8, to our Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, for us, this means that we're engaged in missions, involved in going, I think, in our region... Maybe even to people that we don't like or want to be around to our Samaria. But also to the ends of the earth. Now there's a variety of ways to do this. International mission trips. We'll be doing that as soon as we can. Ben and Camden are modeling that for us this week. We can take national, regional mission trips as a church. We can partner with other churches, with other organizations, because at the end of the day, again, we're so much better and effective and stronger together than we are by ourselves. But our overall strategy as a church is threefold and can involve every church member, and that's this, that we pray, we give, and we go. And here's the way I want to I challenge you. Everybody can pray, right? Every person can be involved in missions by praying. By praying for the field and also praying for the missionary. To praying to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers out into his harvest. Now most people, whether we want to admit it or not, most people can give towards missions and support missions financially and through other resources. And many people, many more than ever actually do, can actually get up and go. If you ever get the opportunity... And I'll give you opportunities. 
I encourage you to take that mission trip. You may think that you're not worthy, that you're not qualified, that you're not able, that God can never use you in that way as an international missionary. But let me tell you something. When you're obedient to the Great Commission and you set your feet on some faraway place and say, Lord, I don't know how to do it, but I'm here because you told me to go. God will do things through you that you never even dreamed possible. And not only can you impact the people that you minister to, but I promise it will change your life as a Christ follower. Next week, we're going to start talking about how to reach not the nations, but to reach just one. Because that's where it all starts. And here's why that matters so much. I want to remind you this morning, this is where I want to end, is that this is an eternal investment. There's eternity at stake for the people that we either go and reach and disciple or we don't. And I want to point out a few verses just as a sobering reminder because there's a lot at stake with people's souls. In Revelation chapter 7, these will be on the screen for you. John the Revelator got a glimpse at something. And he said, after this I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who's seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. Now, how encouraging is that, that, that John got a glimpse of the church having reached every tongue and tribe and nation and people. But here's the problem. I mean, that encourages me to go, but here's the problem with that. That doesn't mean every individual is going to get saved in the end. He gets another glimpse of something that's terrifying to me, and that's in Revelation 20. It's a much different picture. He said, when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations at the four corners of the earth, Gog, and Magog, to gather them for battle. And he says, their number is like the sand of the sea. So even though the gospel will go to every nation, many are going to remain lost. So many that their number is like the sand of the sea. Folks, that should break our hearts to know that we're on our way to heaven. And that many people aren't going to make it. That today, 3.28 billion people, if they died, would spend an eternity in hell away from God. I think that should motivate us to go where we are and even to the ends of the earth to reach as many as we possibly can. We got being ready. Hey, hey, Ben. Am I on? You're on, on, brother. Wow. That's so cool. There's Dan. 
That's incredible. This is wild. Can you guys hear me? Whoa. That's just, that's amazing. So, uh, this is amazing. Um, I want to thank you all for your prayers. So, I'll tell you about two two answered prayers. When I was with you all, I asked for strength because I was coming off of a URI. And uh, basically, you know, just as we were leaving, I felt my strength coming back. And um, I I felt great uh, as soon as we got on the plane. So, that was an answered prayer. And I think somebody probably prayed that we would slide through customs really easy with a bunch of surgical supplies and and we did and evidently that was not a common thing so uh whoever prayed that thank you appreciate it uh so let me let me tell you a little bit about this place because it's really it's it's really neat um it's a really large hospital complex so i'm going to turn my camera around so you and i'm going to i'll walk i'll kind of walk as i talk if you guys can hear me but let me turn my camera around so you guys can see where we're at it's like dusky here so it gets dark around 6 30 or 7 and it's like 6 30 right now so but uh, there's camden and they're still we're still kind of masking here so covid never really went way down but up the hill there is the hospital complex and it is huge so tenwick is a um is a, a very well established christian uh, hospital one of the largest missionary hospitals um in all of uh, africa and um so it's it's in the southwest corner of Kenya, about four or five hour drive um, because of the roads from Nairobi. And it was established by um, the AGC, which is the African Gospel uh, Church. Um, and it's funny that the AGC, I have found out, is a lot like the SBC. So it's very... <laughs> You know, it's a very conservative, evangelical organization with 2,000, I think, uh, congregations in Africa. And it's funny because I was just reading their mission statement, and guess what it is? Their mission statement mentions Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Um, the mission, their mission is to uh, fulfill the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. So I thought that was pretty cool considering what, you know, Pastor T's been preaching about. Um, so anyway, a few years ago, I'll, I'll try to be pretty short, but... A few years ago, um, the the hospital built a pretty large, I'm just going to kind of wander through town here, uh, a pretty large eye clinic. And uh, they, before that, they were probably drawing about a population of 600,000 Kipsigi people from southwest uh, Kenya. And then after they built this eye clinic, um, they became like a referral center for well more than a million people and it it is i have i quickly found out when we got here that you know they've got doctors um at all but the, they're just overwhelmed i mean you could you know we could be here all night every day and and be seeing patients and uh i have uh, the the population is overwhelmingly christian um in this area um but the you know the i've the eyes i've seen i mean they break down into you know, blind and I can fix it, blind and I can't fix it, and allergic conjunctivitis. I mean, that's kind of the, the kind of the three things that I, that I've been seeing. And um, so, a lot of a lot of motorcycles, not a lot of cars. Um, and so, anyway, we Candid and I both have just been working really hard. Can you guys still hear me? Yep. Okay, good. So yeah, we've just been we we've just been working really really hard. Um, We've had lots of, of, of prayers of 
phrases for restored sight, and we've had lots of very, you know, difficult prayers um, for things that, you know, just were not fixable um, already this first week, and um, so uh, we spent yesterday uh, also going to a couple of uh, orphanages in the countryside and uh, giving out gifts and visiting them, and that was extremely eye-opening. Um, and so this is just a little village that has basically sprung up, um, you know, around. It goes up around the corner. Um, this is a village that has sprung up around the hospital. So, listen, I think, um, you know, sometimes we forget that uh, we are a small part of a, of a large church made up of many different people of different colors and um, different shapes and sizes, and uh, I, uh, I just uh, hope you guys will will pray with me for this area. Um, you know, for Kenya, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things they need here. Um, you know, the, the the number one thing is, you know, that the gospel would go into this community. But I tell you, they are working hard here, um, and they 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 need our prayers. They need our resources everywhere. So uh, we've got one more week of work, and. Uh, um, I think that's all. I'd be glad to answer any questions if anybody has any. Just real quick, Ben, could you just, I'm kind of trying to encourage the church this morning. You, you took the skill set that you have, that, that God has blessed you, you know, with the incredible yeah. talents and knowledge in, uh, in your field. And you, you've taken that and you, you committed to using that for the Lord over over there and I, that's kind of what I'm trying to encourage everybody to do this morning is what however God has gifted you God could use you over there yeah. right or, or anywhere in the world yeah and let, and let me let me add to that uh, uh, Pastor T I, it doesn't take much listen if you've got a lap and two hands you can come over here and do a lot of good um, let me tell you something we Camden and I were walking um, we took a hike uh, this afternoon up to this tea factory up this mountain and the, and listen you, you everybody wants to see you white people over here when we're walking down the street everybody wants to say hi and wave at you and because it's it's a little bit of a spectacle hey kids how you doing <laughs> uh, I don't think they wanted to talk to you yeah no they were a little yeah they were I got my mask up, so they're, it, it's, they don't, they don't, I probably should take my mask down. They'd probably be a little more receptive. But, uh, but I mean, you de- I'm just saying, uh, y'all, it does not take much. You don't have to be, you don't have to be an eye surgeon, you know, or, or a neurosurgeon. I mean, if you literally, you got a lap and two hands and, and you care about people, you can, you can come over here and, and serve. And there are, we've met people that are working on construction projects, people that are working on, you know, water filtration uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's not just, it's not just doctors over here. There's, there's a lot of need. There's a lot of need. Hope you get a little glimpse of that, man. One, one last question, Ben. Can, can one week, two weeks, if we took that out of our time and busy schedules, could that really make an eternal difference in another part of the world? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'll be honest, you do feel like you're, you're a drop of water, you know, in a bucket. It's just, it's not, an, you know, I, I'm, I feel like it's not enough time. But, um, you know, but every, every little thing, every little, every little smile, every little touch, every little word, you know, that you, that you, every little, every dollar that you give, everything, 
you, you don't know. I mean, God can do whatever He wants with that. Amen. And um, and you just got to trust. You know, you just got to you got to step out in faith and trust that He's going to. Amen. Well, brother, we're praying for you, and uh, you guys stay safe and keep doing great yeah. things. And look- oh, one one more thing, one more thing. I want to go ahead and take credit for making Ann Wilson really popular in Africa. So I just went. <laughs> she needed that. So I just want to go ahead and put that on the record. <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right, brother, you stay safe, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Okay, see you in a couple weeks. How cool. If you didn't hear what he said, he said, Ann Wilson is very popular in Africa right now. So I have two questions for us this morning, going back to those verses we just looked at. And in light of everything we've talked about, first is, is very simple, and that's which side of this thing are you on? If we had to enter into eternity today, would you be before Christ praising Him, or would you be with the multitude that's like the sand of the sea that is, are, are lost and bound for an eternity with Satan and his followers? And if you're lost, the good news is you too can be saved today. The other question is for the church, and that is, How are you involved in going? I said everybody can pray. Most people can give and many more can even go. And if you're not going at all, I encourage you to commit this morning to being obedient to the Great Commission. And maybe going for you right now means that you go to your spouse or you go to your family or your children or somebody in your small circle of influence. But you need to be obedient wherever you are as you're going. To make disciples and win the lost to Christ. Let's stand together and pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a missional God. That our Lord and Savior is the greatest missionary that ever set foot on this planet. That he left his home. He left the splendor and the glory of heaven. To come into our world to our darkness so that we could hear the gospel so that we could have a way to our Heavenly Father Lord I thank you for the reminder that the gospel is not just for me it's not just for us but Lord it's for everyone that we can get it to and God I thank you that you have chosen to use your church to use imperfect people like myself to make you known in this world. That you have entrusted us with this great responsibility to disciple the nations. And God, if we're not doing that, please have mercy on us. And this morning, Lord, I pray that we as Christ followers would make a fresh commitment to making Him known in our lives, through our lives, where we are, and even to the ends of the earth. That you would use people like us, our story, and what you've done in our lives to make a difference in someone else's. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing a song of invitation this morning, first and foremost, if you're not saved, I invite you to come and be saved this morning. If there's another decision that's been weighing on your heart and mind lately, whether it's baptism or church membership or just making a fresh commitment to follow the Lord, why don't you come this morning as we sing.
Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville, or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.